Thanks for checking out the YVF podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you in whatever season of life you're in. Really called Paul on a guest. I mean, he's a member of this church, but but now that I've met Megan, we're not going to call her a guest either. She's just a welcome member of our church. Um, but before I get started with the announcements, I want to read a scripture, and I want us to pray together. I just really have it on my heart that we pray for the sick this morning. And, um, and I have a scripture on my heart that doesn't seem to go together with praying for the sick, but I know it's the Holy Spirit put on my heart. So we had the church camp out this yesterday, and uh, Tanya and I and, and Sherry and Ryan, her mom, were out there on Thursday also. And we had a great time out there. We just had a really nice time. And, um, you know, Tanya and I, whether you have a tent or RV or whatever it is, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. You know, we get out there Thursday at 3 in the afternoon. It's out on the East Walker. And, you know, it's blazing hot because there isn't any shade at the campsite except for the, you know, the little things they have built there. And But the nights out there are amazing. And uh, so by the time we get the whole, our whole campground set up, you know, once you get it all set up, you're thinking, well, I don't want to go home. I'm just going to stay here because it's so much work to get it set up the way you want it. And so we're there Thursday night and Friday night. And yesterday morning, I'm trying to get it all broke down before it gets too hot. And I'm sitting there drinking coffee in the morning about 7 o'clock in the morning. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I, I could just, I love this place. I could just stay out here, and I'll just commute into town. And we'll stay out here for a couple more weeks. It's not really that expensive. they got great showers, great bathrooms here. And, and I've got all this set up, and, and I know that's not going to happen, that we're going to tear this down, and we're going to go home, because we had a lot to do. And all of a sudden, this scripture just comes on my heart, and it's from Hebrews 11. I mean, like, Jesus is just sitting next to me and just says this to me. What, what, just this question, what, what are you confessing? And in Hebrews chapter 11, it says in verse 13 that all these men and women of faith, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own, that they are seeking a heavenly city, that they are seeking a heavenly country. And I just heard the Lord say to me, confess that you're a stranger and an exile on this earth. And all those who confess this together with you are joined together as a family, as a body of Christ, because we're seeking a heavenly country. Um, I was just talking this morning with Megan, who I'm going to introduce here in a few minutes, uh, about the difficulties of moving all of our stuff from one continent to another continent and how if you travel some you end up with stuff stuck on, in different places <laughs> because it just you get it there and then you can't get it out of there and um, you know that happens if you're just traveling around this country also and it's just stuff but it, it means something to us when we get settled in a place we don't want to move from that place you know what I'm talking about when we really get settled in a place, it's, we just don't, we don't want to move out of that place. And spiritually, that's so detrimental to our spiritual health because our God is always on the move. 
and I was thinking of how Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they lived in tents, and Abraham could have lived in the nicest house in Sodom, but he lived in a tent on purpose. He lived on purpose in a tent to declare that he's a stranger and an alien on this earth, and he taught his son, live in a tent, son, and he taught his grandson, live in a tent, grandson, because we're always going to be on the move following the Lord, and so as we're putting the tent together, I'm just thinking of these Israelites and how as they traveled for 40 years in the wilderness, that every time the cloud of God would arise, they had to pack up their tent and follow that cloud, not even knowing where God was going to be taking them. And the scripture on purpose tells us that sometimes the cloud would lead them to a place, they'd get the all of their tents set up, you know, the tabernacle in the wilderness, all this stuff you read about in the Old Testament. And then that would be in the morning, and then in the evening time, hope the cloud would pick up and leave, and they'd have to pack it all up and leave, even though they just got to that place. Can you imagine how irritating that it must have been for their flesh that God wanted them to keep moving? And how, you know, God is in that. That, that we're on the move. I know there are a lot of people going through transitions right now, and I just want to encourage you with that. I just want to encourage you that as we're following the Lord, don't, you know, don't get upset uh, about what God is doing. We're just saying this song, you know, the Gaithers song, and I love that song from my childhood. I remember that record playing in, in, our, in our home, Because He Lives, and uh, about this newborn baby you know, holding this newborn baby and, and just the, 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 how we have this knowledge that they can face an, un, an, an unsure or an unforeseen future. And we live in a time today where the future is more unsure than it's ever been. And most of us parents and grandparents, we're concerned about those things. What kind of world are our kids inheriting? What are they growing up in? But because Jesus lives, we can face tomorrow because he is with us. In the book of Acts that we've been going through on Sundays, if you remember, when Paul was sitting in prison in Jerusalem and he didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring, it tells us that suddenly he realizes that Jesus is sitting next to him. And Jesus spoke to him and said, you know, take courage, be of good cheer. I'm with you and nobody's going to harm you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you. I want you to realize this morning that Jesus is sitting next to you. And my prayer for this morning has been that as Megan comes to share and Darwin shares, that Jesus will literally just play on the strings of your heart and stir up on the inside of you this most holy faith and this most holy vision to see what the Lord is doing in the world today. Because it's so easy to focus on what the devil's doing, because he's doing a lot. But, you know, our God is sitting in the heavens and laughing, it says in Psalm chapter 2. He is on the move, and he is doing great things in the world today. And this morning, there are a lot of people that are sick in our church, and I could name off names of people that I know that have suddenly gotten sick, including Aunt Joe and Lonnie. And many people are sick, and they've been asking for prayer. And, you know, sometimes we think that, oh, these things just come in cycles, you know, COVID or this or whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, there's really a reason to pray. Uh, when there's a drought, sometimes we 
need to realize that things won't change if we don't humble ourselves and pray. And when we do ask God, he answers those prayer. I, I, I don't know what kind of judgment's coming on America. We've been going through the book of Revelation also. I mean, you know, ultimately it's all going to be judged. You know, ultimately it's all going to burn up with fire. Jesus is coming back. But in the meantime, along the way, has he not told us that this is a city of refuge? Has he not told us and told his children that they would dwell in the land of Goshen where the plagues of Egypt would not even come upon them? Why should not this valley, why should not this place, why should not our homes be a place of blessing, be a place of health, where if 10,000 are falling on one side and 1,000 on the other side, that that plague does not come near to us? So this morning, I want us just to pray a simple prayer to pray for the and I want to ask you, if you're here and you're sick in your body with any symptom that you want prayer for, uh, I know that you, you need prayer for your back, am I right? And I want to just ask you to come up here, okay? Don't be embarrassed, just come up here, because the scripture says, Jesus said that those who believe on my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So there's no superpower in me or anybody else in here except the power to obey Jesus and just lay their hands on the sick. So if you need prayer, please just come up here and we want to pray for you this morning. Okay, anybody else? We want hands laid on them for prayer this morning? That's my sweet little honey. She whipped me in for the flag and I scared her because I was just teasing. I said, ouch, but it didn't hurt really. Amen. Amen. So, everybody here needs prayer, right? Okay, this is what I want to do. I want to invite everyone else who has faith to pray the prayer of faith to come up here and lay hands on these people. And we're going to pray for healing, and we're going to include all those who are sick with symptoms of different diseases that are at home this morning. And I want us to continue standing really strong for Danny Lawrence. I want him delivered completely from those kidney stones, and you just don't know uh, how tough Danny is, but he's walking around all over the place with those things for, I think, whatever, a couple of months now or more, and he just needs to be delivered completely from those. He's Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you for your healing power. We come to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. I just lift up my sister with the back problems right now in Jesus' name. I lay my hands upon, the, upon her, O Lord, in obedience to your word. You said that those who believe on my name, that they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That even if they drink deadly poison, that it will not harm them. That they will take up serpents. And as you said, you will tread on serpents and you will tread on scorpions and on on all the power of the enemy. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that when you went to the cross, that you died for our sins, and you paid the price for our sin and for all the consequences of our sin. And sickness, disease, death, poverty, destruction, depression, whatever it may be, a sickness of the mind or a sickness of the body, all these, Lord, are the evil consequences, the evil fruit that's born from our sin. But you paid the price for that sin. And you said in the book of James that let them call for the elders of the church and they would lay hands upon them and anoint them with oil. And we anoint our sister right now with the oil of the Holy Spirit. We anoint all these here by laying our hands on them with the oil of the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And even if there was some sin or mistake in their life that had caused something or some thing they had done wrong, that it would be forgiven them, you said, Lord, that they didn't even need to talk about it or 
explain it, that, that it would just be forgiven. It could be something they don't even see or even understand, but you will get to the very root and you will heal us of all of our spiritual disease, of all of our emotional and mental disease, and of all of our physical diseases, that by your stripes, Jesus, we are healed. So we just lay our hands on these. We lift up before you, Danny, right now in the name of Jesus. We lift up before you, Aunt Joe. We lift up Lonnie before you. What a precious man, Lord, that, that loves you. And his faith is so never on the show, but, uh, but his faith is proven out in all his works and his love that he has for others, Lord. I just lift him up before you. Care for him, Lord, in his old age. Care for Aunt Joe right now and take care of them, Lord. And heal their bodies in Jesus' name. I just lift up before you right now in the name of Jesus others that have uh, called in and have asked for prayer. And I just pray that there would be healing, Lord. I pray that this would continue to be a city of refuge and whatever sicknesses or diseases, mon monkey poxes and COVIDs and things are going around, Lord, that this would be a place of healing and a place of protection and a place where your name is glorified, Lord. And we just speak healing now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You're a fine girl. Amen. Okay. Well, let me make some announcements then. Yes, ma'am. No. snake handlers in Appalachia. I mean, it could be in the sense of like Paul accidentally got bit by a snake. It's a spirit. Yeah. Amen. So let's see. Amongst the announcements, first thing I'm supposed to do is give you a good report that, and there's a picture somewhere, but I don't have it prepared to show, but Cassidy made it to Chicago with Patrick, and they're there, and she's in place, and everything's going well. Uh, and then Claire Leisure, those of you that remember her and have been praying for you, you know we announced to you that the Lord has put it on her heart and on our hearts for her to move back here, back here to Yarrington. Um, I won't go into her whole situation, but it's very much the right thing for her in her life now. You know that Frank, her husband, passed away. And uh, she put her house up for sale there in Illinois Monday and Friday she sent us a text that said her house has already sold so that's that's good that's really good and i uh, we're gonna call her uh, tomorrow and start working on arrangements to help her you know after the house closes and everything to get back here so that's two really good reports and be believe you me for uh, as i was already sharing for for her in her life and at her age and her situation this is a huge step of faith for her to take and i know that it's the right thing god will honor that so the next announcement i have that is very important is next weekend is the lyon county fair and rodeo okay now i don't care if you like fair and rodeo or not this is a unique it, it's a unique opportunity to do two things in our church one thing is we raise money by working there for special events and especially for the youth group to be able to do things and keep costs down and things like that and uh, so that's that's a good deal by working there we don't get you don't get paid if you work there but, but 
right? You get paid with, with blessings from the Lord. <laughs> but, but the church is able to raise money. Uh, we get a process, uh, you know, I don't know how they work it. Pete could explain all the money part too. But money comes into the church that we can use for special events. Uh, but that's really not the biggest thing. The first time I went out there to do it, uh, I thought that was the big thing. But the big thing is this. What an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with people. And I'm serious. You meet and see almost every single person in town. And I constantly out there have people say, I'm your neighbor. And you know me. And I don't. And I'm like, yeah, well, good to meet you. And I get to know their name and everything. And, and um, you know, it's, it's just a great opportunity to minister to people. And then there's a little added bonus. You get to sneak into some of the things for free because you're out there working and stuff like that. So, and, and you just have a fun time of fellowship together. So we need more people to sign up. Some people had signed up and then are not able to do it. So, um, and we need more people to sign up. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet for the ticket sales. I don't know if we need more people for that or not. We need more for the ticket sales. And this sign-up sheet here is for the wristband sales right here. And... Um, yeah, so we need more. But we have Thursday done. We're doing two days, Thursday and Saturday. It looks like we have Thursday done, and we need more people for Saturday. What's going to happen is if you don't sign up, then I'm going to be doing this all day for you. And then on Sunday morning, I'm just not coming to church because I'm going to be so tired. So <laughs> please sign up. Now, I'll come, but I'm going to be exhausted. Um, so please sign up. There's, you work in the shade. If you're doing the ticket sales, there's even a little air conditioner in the booth. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's hot out there, but it's the fair. It's supposed to be hot. You know what it's like. And um, so we need more people signed up for Saturday. It looks like on here we need at least two more people or more, maybe more, three, two or three. And it can be, for the wristband sales, it can be youth. It's supposed to be youth. Um, but there has to be an adult uh, at each one of the th wristband sales slots there or something. So I decided, since we've been going over this list a thousand times, that this morning I was just going to do it like this. Would you raise your hand if you haven't signed up, but you're willing to do that right now? <laughs> and would you just come up here right now and put your name on this with Tanya? Because these things just don't happen. Like, oh, sign up after church, and then everybody's excited, and nobody signs up. And then I'm calling people all the time, please, please do this. Anybody willing to do this? Well, we got a bunch right there behind you, Tanya. Tanya. Tanya, right there behind you. We've got youth that want to. Yeah. Okay. So you guys work on that while I'm making the rest of the announcements. We don't usually do it like that. The other sign-up sheet for the ticket booth is back there, right? But we have to get wristband sales first because everybody wants ticket booth because it has an air conditioner. But wristband sales is more work. But... Um, and in the past, Alex was always doing it. So Alex has a way of getting people to sign up. He just makes those little eyes at you and you just sign. And I can't do that. So just, just sign up. Sign up or you're in trouble. Okay. So next announcement on here. Sorry for such long announcement time, but the, the next announcement on here is for the, that's important. They're all important, but I need to emphasize the Usher Security Team Ministry. 
okay? So when COVID started, because of other reasons, the whole thing got messed up, and we're trying to get all the ushers and the security team minister back in order. We will get that back in order. And the, there is a meeting. If you've already signed up, a lot of people have signed up, or if you haven't signed up but you want to be a part of that, then there's a meeting, and that meeting is going to be on Tuesday evening. That's a Tuesday evening, August the 23rd. So it's going to be in place of our Tuesday evening service. We won't have Book of Revelation on that evening. So that's a week from this Tuesday. We do have regular Tuesday evening service and teaching from the Book of Revelation this Tuesday. And um, uh, this is the next Tuesday on August 23rd. It'll be at 6.30 p.m. and not in the sanctuary, but over in Chisholm Hall. And it's very important that you be at that meeting if that's at all possible. We went with Tuesday evening because a lot of people were having a hard, it, was hard, it seemed like the best time that we could get the most people together. Then uh, men's fellowship breakfast coming up the last Friday of the month. We'll remake, remake that announcement next week as we get closer into summer bash at the pool. Also, just mark your calendars. We'll talk more about that as we get closer to it on August the 28th. And um, sign up for baptism. So September 4th, we're planning a baptism here. We have one person signed up so far. Maybe some more signed up that I haven't checked on the list, but there's a sign-up sheet. I think that's over there, too. For baptism, I need your name and your phone number if you want to be baptized. That's going to be on September the 4th. I mean, really, the scriptures say, you know, when Philip is in the in the in the uh, in the in the desert near Gaza and meets the Ethiopian eunuch, that his water what prevents me from being baptized, and we've never turned anyone away who really has come to Jesus with their heart and wants to be baptized, and we can baptize any time, but it's special on Sunday morning when the whole church body here is here to be a part of that and to um, and enjoy that together with you and to join their faith together to yours. So we have that on September the 4th, so please sign up. Okay, so I think that's it. Uh, women's Bible study. This doesn't always get announced, but Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. And you can see Cindy Nunez to get more information about that. But after I went to it a couple of weeks ago, i got to give a plug for it because I had a really fun time there. And, and they have a really good prayer group, and they're really praying for everybody here. And I know the K. Arthur Bible study is really good. And we got Celebrate Recovery Tuesday evening. So there's no, there's no youth group going on right now in the summer. We're just doing some events from time to time. And Tuesday prayer at 8 a.m. Anything else? Did I miss anything? Everybody asleep already? Okay. you got to wake up. Jerry's a lot more exciting, isn't he? Don't you think Jerry's doing a good job of announcements? And he's doing the Sunday morning prayer with me, together with Larry now, and it's just awesome to see that. Now he's, he's an exciting guy. He's got that winning smile. But, um, amen. Okay, so this morning we have a very special guest, and we have plugged this guest for many weeks already. And uh, I'm going to invite Megan Coe to come up here. And I'm not going to do a whole lot of deep introduction because we just met this morning. And she's going to share what's on her heart. Uh, you all know that she's from For His Children in Ecuador. And, um, you know, some of you know way more about For His Children than I know because you've actually been there. And you're going to hear some testimonies this morning and hear some really good things. And like I said, our prayer this morning, my prayer this morning, and all this week has been that you would realize that 
Jesus is sitting right next to you and that he is just going to be speaking some things to your heart this morning to stir up on the inside of you the love uh, that he has for these children and children all around the world and and just uh, um, I'm just going to let him do that amen so here's Megan Thank you guys so much for welcoming me this morning and um, on behalf of Forage Children and for those of you who know Melinda Vaughn, who was the co-founder, um, they send their greetings and their appreciation. Melinda had a wonderful time. She was here three years ago and just spoke so highly of the time with your congregation. So thank you for welcoming her. Um, I want to make sure everyone is awake right now. So I have a little bit of money in here. There's some coins. And I'm wondering, there's about $3, just less than $3. And so can anyone guess what significance this has in relation to Ecuador, which is where For His Children is? Any guesses? You can just shout it out. Yeah. Okay. That's a great guess. It's, it's similar. Yeah, close to that. Also a great guess. Yeah. So it's kind of, both of those things are very close. Um, this is, the $3 is what 25% of the population in Ecuador lives off of. So they are um, living under the poverty line in Ecuador. Um, so one out of every four people, that's quite a high number. And those statistics just came out um, about a month ago. And so you can imagine there's great need in Ecuador and um, economic situations often lead to parents abandoning their children out of desperation or just having to leave their children when they need to go to work and, and situations like that. Um, so yes, and we'll talk later about the other two guesses were, were very similar. Um, the cost of living in, in Ecuador is much different than here. It's much, much cheaper um, and caring for the children obviously um, costs less than, than what it would here. Um, but we're so grateful for your support, which has made that possible. Um, I just wanted to share, I, I told Pastor Kevin I'm not a preacher, so this is not going to be a sermon, um, but I just was reflecting on kind of what God had been speaking to me, thinking about your church, and for those who don't know, Forest Children is celebrating 30 years of ministry this year, which is incredible to think, um, think back to 30 years ago, and your church has been such a significant part of that time. Um, and support. And so I was reflecting on 1 Corinthians 12, and I just want to read from verses 1 through 14. So if you have your Bible and want to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, um, I am reading from the New Living Translation. That's the, so it's got, it might be a little bit different than yours, but um, starting at verse 1, it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who works in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. 
He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by the one Spirit, and we all share the same Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And so, as I was reflecting on this recently, I was just reminded of how um, even the ministry of forest children, it is not just the work of Clark and Melinda Vaughn who went down to found it, or the tias who are currently working there. We call the caregivers tias, which means aunt in Spanish. It's not just um, the work of the 85 people who, who are currently employed through the ministry, but it really is the Holy Spirit at work, and that's through each one of you as well. And so um, I love in the New American Standard Version, it says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. And so um, I just love that idea of, of the diversity of the body of Christ because we live in a culture that's always comparing and it always has to be bigger and better and more kind of shocking or dramatic. And so it's easy for us to feel that in order to do ministry or to live out the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we need to travel to another country or do something that's widely recognized. And that's definitely not the truth. <laughs> that's not um, how God sees um, the work in, of the Holy Spirit in our lives, which is really beautiful and takes the pressure off us. It's, it's not for our glory or for our renown, but it's really for his glory and just the beauty of the work of the body of Christ. And um, one of the Greek words that's used in the text is diakonia. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but it means ministries. And it really meant the rendering or assistance or help by performing certain duties, often of a humble or menial nature. It speaks especially of humble, submissive, personal, active service performed willingly with a voluntary attitude. For the believer, diakonia specifically refers to spirit-empowered service. And I just think that so beautifully reflects um, what has been going on at Forest Children for 30 years and what has been made possible through each one of you. Um, whether you've supported for decades or you've just recently learned of Forest Children um, and, and through Yarrington Vineyard Fellowship specifically. Um, and so we wanted to just provide a little bit of history for those who might not know a lot about Forest Children or haven't been able to visit Ecuador. And so I'm going to show a video here in a moment. And this was actually made for our 25th anniversary, so five years ago, but it really provides a wonderful historical kind of um, overview of, of how God has been at work through the ministry, through each of you. Um, you'll recognize...
Um, so I love how Melinda talks about how there's so many aspects of um, support that people give to forced children, prayers, w encouraging words, um, sending down supplies, sending down mission teams, financial support, and just seeing the progression of the ministry from one child in the home of the Vaughn family to now being two homes. Um, we're currently at this moment caring for 43 children and also young adults with special needs. So there were children who came in at, or yeah, they came in as children and they have now grown into adulthood and our oldest um, young adult is 28 years old. And some of those young adults have passed the age where adoption is possible in Ecuador and due to their special need, they're not able to live on their own. And so um, the ministry has also changed with that and looks at um, how we can provide opportunities for them, how we can help them be more independent and just know um, the worth and the value of their lives. And so thank you so much for making that, that possible. Well, it's so funny because I've seen this video like not joking 20 times and every time I'm like, oh, it's just very, yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm going to show a, a photo here um, before inviting Darwin up. We just wanted to share. It's amazing when you look at 30 years, obviously we have children that are now young adults. And so um, this is Christina Melinda. She um, grew up in Denmark. Her family adopted her when she was young, and she now works as a rehab rehabilitation specialist. Um, this was her on a visit to La Tacunga, so really neat just to see her interacting with the children there. Um, and then also this next photo is of Natalie. And she actually grew up in Ecuador, but just attended university in Italy. She just graduated with a master's degree there. Um, and yeah, she just... Sorry, her quote is, is really beautiful, so I just want to read this, if I can. Um, there's a phrase I like to use when talking about my story, found by love. I was found by love, and not only by the love of my mom and my dad, but also by the love of every person at FHC. <laughs> to me, FHC is my first family. All the people that took care of me that first year of my life will remain in my heart forever. They, <coughs> they all contributed one way or another to the person I am now, and I am lucky because I was welcomed into the FHC family, and this means that I was loved from the day that I was born. And I will never be able to thank them enough for this. Thank you. <laughs> and, that, and as I mentioned, that's not just the Tias, it's, it's all of you who have made that possible. Um, so thank you for that. Um, I want to invite Darwin to come up. I'm actually going to turn it over to him because he can probably <laughs> actually talk. Um, and I think Darwin doesn't need an introduction. He was sharing that he's, he's gotten to share many times here and grew up here. And so, um, yeah, Darwin, thank you for joining. So we... Say, I wasn't shown in the video. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I actually realized that I was like, I don't know what Darwin looked like as a child, so I didn't know if you were in there. Um, but we just thought it'd be great to do a little um, just Q&A, and for those of you who don't know Darwin well, which um, I know many of you do, but Darwin, can you just share a little bit about um, kind of what age you were cared for for as children? And yeah, um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, 
there. Um, I was placed there when I was 22 months old, and then the adoption process started when I was three, finalized when I was five, so, and I've been in the States since I was five years old, so I turned 23 on Thursday, so 18 years here. Um, so. Yeah. And Darwin, can you just briefly share how Forge Children impacted your life? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting time to live in the world as a young adult. And when I do share with people my age or older, no matter who, um, about my faith, one of the things I do talk about is, you know, my experience with Forest Children. If, if I didn't have it, I don't think I'd be here, realistically. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to describe what living conditions were in Ecuador at the time when I was young, but I don't think there would have been a lot of great opportunities to survive on. So um, I think with that being said, it's, it's, you know, it was a godsend, but it was a lifesaver. Don't think I would be here. So. Yeah, thank you. And um, can you share a little about what you're doing now or what you've been doing the past couple of years, your dreams for the future? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of you do know me, some of you don't, but um, when we did move to, when I was adopted, we moved here to Arrington. We lived here for a few years, two, three, few, two, three years, and then we moved to South Reno uh, for about seven or eight, and um, you know, had an amazing time there. And when we moved back to Arrington in 2015, where I attended high school, um, got to know a lot of you, kind of grew up here and got involved very much in the community and loved that. And uh, it was it was a very profound time. And I was talking with you last night at dinner, but I think if I didn't move back here to Arrington during high school, I don't think I would be the man that I am today. I don't think so. I think the combination between what Forrest Children did for me and kind of helping me survive and be, you know, the little kid that I was, that who was adopted, in combination with a community like this, you know, I don't think I would have had any, I, there's no other way to be more blessed, honestly. And so um, I was able to really learn a lot here in Yarrington, learn a lot about community and connections and what that means and how to get to know other people and, and all those things. And so um, in 2018, I did move back to Reno for college, um, and I just graduated a few months ago from college. Um, yes. um, I graduated with a double major in communication studies and political sciences, four years from UNR, um, so super exciting. And then I currently work at Renown. Right I've been there for, um, in September, a few, in a month, I've been there for two years. Um, do a lot of kind of crazy work there, but I love it, and it's very impactful, a lot of experience. Um, and the current plan is to stay there to the end of the year, and then I have been accepted into the flight academy to be a flight attendant, so I will go travel the world for three, five years, hopefully, and kind of build a nice little career, see some things besides some dirt and mountains, you know? And, uh, and uh, you know, yeah, I know, I know. It's a lot more green, a lot more dirt. Um, but uh, go kind of explore and see the world, and hopefully, I mean, getting back to Ecuador would be an amazing opportunity, but um, just seeing some other things and getting to know cultures and people and languages and so much more, and you know, everybody needs everybody. And so I think that's the plan for right now, the near future, is to kind of do that, and then we'll see what happens. Got some, got some great support, got some great experience, so not too worried about the future. <laughs> Yeah, that's super exciting. And I told Darwin he's yeah definitely has to come down to Ecuador and, and see for his children. Um, and Darwin, what would you say is the greatest impact that 
supporters can have on a life of a child of four children. Yeah, I mean, we saw in the video, you know, and a lot of you, did, you know, there's a lot of you that have known my family and all the experiences that we've gone through and the four kids that my parents have adopted and, you know, it doesn't, support can go a long way and it can go in a lot of different avenues. A lot of people think of financial support immediately, which is great, but it can be just praying. It can be word of mouth. It can be having conversations with people about these instances and these kids. And I mean, there's 43 kids there now. I mean, that's 43 kids that need a family. And you know, that was, that was who I was. And luckily I was blessed with one, but I think, you know, as supporters of people that are listening to stories like mine and people in this video, it's praying, it's thinking about them, and it's, you know, spreading the word and understanding that there are people with needs. I mean, we all need things, but there are also kids out there that don't have anything, you know, literally anything. And I think it's, it's very hard to understand that. You know, it, it is incredibly hard. A lot of us did grow up with at least one parent, if not both, and there are kids out there that don't have anything. So I think as supporters, it's, it's something to just think about and pray about, that, you know, but what can we do? a lot of different avenues and so if that's something that you people think that you want to talk to you know someone like me or someone like Megan or even Pastor Kevin about you know, there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of ways to help and support and I think that's that's something super special that Forest Children has built up over the years. Yeah thank you so much Darwin I appreciate it and we just wanted to yeah I wanted to share a couple of prayer requests um, Darwin mentioned prayer and that's so important um, because God is God is at work through all, uh, all believers, all of his people. And um, relating back to the spiritual gifts, everyone has um, different gifts and different ministry and, and different ways, even that the, you might have the same gift as someone, but that may look very different as how, far as how that is lived out. Um, and so we wanted to share just a couple of prayer requests here. Um, if you can please be praying for the country of Ecuador. I mentioned at the beginning, $3 a day is what 25% of the population lives on. Um, they've just been really struggling for many reasons. Um, the pandemic had, has definitely worsened the situation as it has in most countries, um, but they have a lot of poli political unrest. So in, in my time there, which has been about six years, every three years there's been kind of a big political protest that brings the capital and other parts of the country to a standstill. Um, so just pray for wisdom for the leaders, um, that they would make decisions that are helpful to all, all the people in Ecuador, including those that are in poverty. Um, please pray for the young adults in Casa Esperanza. Those are the young adults who have more significant special needs. And um, your support provides to all of the children spiritual support, so knowing that Jesus loves them, hearing about Jesus. Um, it also provides the physical care, which includes physical therapy and speech therapy and occupational therapy, whatever their needs are. Um, and then for these young adults, there's also an advocacy group to look at how um, we can continue to meet their needs as it looks different from when they were children. And we want them to, um, yeah, just know that they are loved and valued and have a sense of um, worth that God has already given them. So we're looking at ways that we can um, use their, their different interests and skills um, to, to work as well. And then um, if you, another prayer request would be for healing from trauma. Um, Darwin and I were speaking about this last night. It, every child who comes into Forest Children has experienced some form of trauma. They, they might not even remember it. It may have happened in their mother's womb before they were even born. Um, but being separated from their biological parents um, it is a traumatic event, as Melinda mentioned in the video. 
And um, we have psychologists that work with the children. Um, we pray for the children, and, and when they are adopted or when they are reunified with their family, seek to um, just provide continued care um, for that. But just pray for each child. It, it can be very different um, for each child, and for some it's something that they they have a difficult time working through, and so um, our prayer is that there would be would be healing there. And then also, um, just to close, by if you can pray for families, the the landscape of adoption in Ecuador has changed over 30 years. Um, 30 years ago, it was a lot of families internationally that were adopting children in Ecuador. Now, it's actually a lot more reunifications with biological family members, so there's social workers that are supporting that, which is wonderful to see because that definitely helps children, um, you know, sometimes if they are struggling with um, being separated to be back with their biological families. But that requires a lot of time and effort on staff's part to make sure that they're going back into a loving, um, healthy family. And even when that happens, there are, are still challenges because you still have families who are living um, in really difficult economic situations or with past wounds themselves. And then also for adoptions, um, there are a lot of Ecuadorian families adopting right now, which is really exciting to see. Um, and so we had six adoptions this year, actually. It kind of comes in cycles of, of how many reunifications versus adoptions, but right now we have more adoptions. And there are families also adopting internationally, and they tend to be um, family, children who are adopted from Ecuador internationally right now tend to have different special needs. And so um, that's actually another great way to, to help for children is just advocating for those children so that they can be in loving families. Um, so I will be in the back after. Um, we actually wanted to also invite you. We have a 30th anniversary event. It will be online. And we'd love for you to be there. Um, it's via Zoom. There's some invitations at the back um, with a QR code so you can RSVP. But it's really a celebration, as I said, of what the Holy Spirit has done through each of you um, in the ministry of Forest Children. So thank you so much. Darwin, thank you very much for coming and being here. Well, like Megan says, she's going to be here at the back. They have a table set up right there by the so-called cry room. And um, I really want you to uh, take part in this 30-year celebration. It's kind of amazing. I mean, I, I personally do not like doing Zoom meetings. But something like this, I would like that and I enjoy that. And um, so, you know, we have an opportunity to travel the world sometimes without even leaving our own rooms these days. And it's good to be able to use technology for that. And I think it'll be really important for you to be a part of that. Um, I just want to say that, you know, Jesus, as I'm watching that video, all I hear is his voice just saying, you know, let these little children come to me because of such is the kingdom of God. And I know that he's spoken to each one of your hearts this morning. And uh, I just think, thinking of what Melinda was saying on that video, that how they were, however many years ago in their youth, 
And suddenly she said, you know, we're always saying that all of this has been given to us by the Lord, <laughs> you know, but let's take some action and do something about that. So I, I want to do something we weren't really planning this morning. Uh, Pete, could you come up here and help me for a minute? I just want you to clear out this offering basket with our regular offering. And we hope you uh, enjoyed the message. Before you leave, we want to remind you that if you want to continue receiving updates on new sermons, that you subscribe to our podcast. If you want more information on how to contact us, make sure to check out our website at urringtonvineyardfellowship.com. And we'll see you next time on the YBF Podcast. Budgeted honorarium. We've, we've given to Melinda, but I can tell you our budgeted honorarium will hardly pay for the gas these days. Um, and I know she flew into Reno yesterday, and she's doing more traveling uh, while she's here visiting, um, I, I guess, other churches and donors, and um, I, I know very well what it's like to be a missionary and to be traveling and how often you're traveling with a smile on your face, but you're not really sure how you're going <laughs> to pay for the gas <laughs> and what's going to happen next, and I just want to give you an opportunity as the Lord's put on your heart as soon as we get the basket back up here.